Welcome, podcast listeners. On this podcast, I have the pleasure to interview Allison Forrest, who's in charge of career development for student-athletes at the University of Florida. Allison is a true change agent in this field when it comes to conditioning the minds of student-athletes for the next phase of their lives and assisting them with leveraging their skill set obtained during their athletic career in order to procure employment upon graduation. In addition to making a resounding impact on the student-athletes at the University of Florida, Allison has also influenced the lives of student-athlete development professionals through her multiple contributions to the N4A. Now let me introduce to you the one and only Allison Forrest. the second episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. It's starring Allison Forrest from the University of Florida, who has been a tremendous resource to myself as well as to many in the industry in regards to career development and student-athlete development as a whole. Um, The reason why I kind of wanted to talk about this important topic of career development is because higher education is taught in a way where it doesn't necessarily prepare people for the next phase of their lives when it comes to a career. So it's really fundamental that people in positions like Allison are able to construct ideas that really make a significant impact. And the quote of the day is, it's not what you achieve, it's what you overcome. That's what defines your career. And that's by Carlton Fisk, mainly just talking about the fear of breaking out of your comfort zone and being worried about, you know, transitioning into the next phase of your life. So Allison is a tremendous resource. She always not only elevates her own career by just recently getting another degree earlier this week, as well as continuing to seek out opportunities attending PDI together this past summer as the first ever student-athlete development track and just really growing together. So, Allison, would you mind giving us more of an introduction about who you are and then we can get going? Yes, perfect. Thank you, Jack. Um, So, yes, I'm Allison Forrest. I work at the University of Florida in career development. I just became a doctoral candidate, so I'm almost got to work on a dissertation. I'll become a doctor. Um, But... I'm a graduate student as well at the University of Florida and just have had the honor and privilege of being an N4A and really helping student athletes with a career development. So I'm really I'm really happy to be here and share some of those experiences with you and with everybody else. Fantastic. You know, one of the things that I wanted to start off with is what made you want to get into career development in comparison to other careers that could have been out there for you to pursue? Yeah, so I think you kind of um, mentioned it some with, like, the fear of not knowing what the next step was. And when I was going through undergraduate um, degree, I didn't know that career development, this was a profession that I could go into. But I was working with a student athlete at James Madison, 
university with the football players. I was an equipment manager in my prior life, so not a student athlete, but I worked with them closely and having conversations and building that trust with them of thinking what they were going to do afterwards. And it wasn't just always football um, or school. And I started to realize that they needed somebody to have these conversations with and resources and to make this a more common conversation. And I came to the University of Florida for my graduate program, found an internship in student-athlete development or life skills at the moment, and then saw, you know, the resources and opportunities um, to develop some of this programming for the student-athletes. But I really have a passion for thinking about something outside their sport and outside the classroom, but also long-term. And having some of those conversations that they may not know what the next step is or have an idea of what's out there, um, being the person that can kind of facilitate those conversations and make them think a little bit long-term and plan so they can achieve those goals when they are done at the university some while they're still here um, and have that long-term impact on the student-athlete. Right. One of the things I wanted to pinpoint there was there's many people within the industry that have not always started off in student-athlete development, but I've found their way there, such as you starting off as a equipment coordinator at James Madison University. What kind of skills do you think that position helped you with when it comes to working with the student-athletes that you work with currently? I think, I mean, work ethic for me is a huge thing. Um, I don't think anybody goes in athletics thinking they're going to work, you know, at 8 to 5 and it'd be very easy. So I think that was showcased a little bit as an equipment manager. And I think just building the relationships and being around the student athletes and hearing their struggles, seeing their struggles, seeing their successes as well. But anything being around the student athlete to gain those insights from them. Because I, I think what I do a lot in, student, in career development is you have to know what the student athletes want or need or you can't accurately plan some programming for them. And so I was able to get kind of firsthand experience, but also build the trust with the student athletes because I was around them um, in that position. But I think a lot of that really benefited me later on because I developed how, you know, how to have that trust in those relationships with them and hear what they needed and thought about, you know, how could I provide something for them to prepare them for life afterwards or even while they were still going through college. Yeah, and that next phase of life is so critical. Mm-hmm. And the skills that, you know, they they want to have then compared to what the population is now and just an overall aspect of it, how do you think that the role of a career development professional within student-athlete development has grown over the years? in comparison to when you first started breaking into this industry to now? Yeah, I think you're seeing the role of career development more. Um, This position did not exist. So when I was the intern here, there was one coordinator of life skills, and I was the intern. And we developed it into two full-time positions where I could develop and implement and grow a department or area program of career development. So... I think you're seeing institutions growing in staff size of not only just student-athlete development, but now having a career person or multiple career professionals on their staff, as well as just programming and resources 
for career development more. So they may have always had a life skills or student athlete development, but now there is more programming out there um, and more additional staff that are working in this field. And I think the conversation is growing, and it's not as much, yes, we're still focused on the academics, but it is a conversation and collaboration amongst these two areas to prepare the students for life afterwards. And um, I also think publicity has grown a lot. I think social media is helping, but I think institutions are sharing the programming and the resources they have for their student athletes where sometimes it was there before, but there was no coverage of it or um, posts on social media, articles on their website. And so I think now we're seeing it more. And so um, departments can share kind of these are the resources that they're providing their student-athletes to prepare them for life afterwards. So it's growing in that capacity as well. And in highlighting that, I know that the fact that universities now want to do that, it also helps in terms of recruiting and just competing against one another to really showcase that we care more about just what happens within their four-year degree. It's more about life after sport. And the transition of the role, I think, and I want to get your beliefs on this, is kind of similar to when the strength and conditioning coaches became such a key thing back a little over 10 years ago. And now it's just grown into a massive role that's needed. And I couldn't think otherwise that the career development piece with people within your positions are really what elevate the lives of the student-athletes when it comes to, you know, uh, transitioning into employment. Yes, so, and I, I, I do agree on that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really interesting how you first started off as a person working in the uh, equipment room at James Madison University, and now you're working at one of the premier SEC schools in just one of the premier universities across the country. Um, The way that you communicate with student-athletes, I think, is so key just by seeing some of the work that you've done in regards to having just posters up where it's a little subtle hint to others that, it's needed in order to promote the growth of careers. How are some of the other ways that you communicate with student athletes in talking about their next phase of their life? Yeah, I think you have to be creative with this conversation. And my main focus is to meet them where they are. So I want to have one-on-one conversations. I think it can become difficult to have a sincere career conversation in a large group because everybody's at a different place, everybody has a different future, and you want to build that trust and relationship with the student athletes. So I do meet them wherever they are. I like to listen to hear what they have to say, and then how can I help them think about whatever that next little step is. Um, And so some of that is pictures of themselves. I mean, I do have stuff around the office of how people dress business casual so they can see that, you know, these are business um, their students are ready for the next world. This is how you dress business casual. They're excited about that as well. Um, we do interactive theater bingo in my office. So even little things of purchasing business clothes or making a resume, um, anything little, 
that they can get to. So we're engaging the student-athletes from freshman year all the way up to their senior and even afterwards. But I think you have to meet them where they are. And at the University of Florida and a lot of institutions throughout the country, there are student-athletes that their number one thing is to go pro. And I will never crush that dream at all. But my goal is that they have to be a prepared professional when they leave here. And whatever profession that is, they're going to need some career development guidance or enhancement. And giving them and giving them that advice and that help little by little, and sometimes they don't know that they're getting it per the conversations, I think that is the key um, to build their trust and to have those conversations because at some point there may be that fear of I don't know what I'm doing next or now I need a little more assistance or they're going through some time and I have that trust now for them to come back and we can talk because we've built it up little by little. Um, but you have to be very creative in how you communicate with them. I still want to do face-to-face conversations, but how we can get um, images and pictures and short little bits of things that they're getting a little bit of career development sometimes without them even knowing they're getting it. Yeah, that that's one of the main ways that I've been taken away just by the impact that you've been able to have there. And also, when we're talking about the student-athletes that always want to go pursue professional opportunities in regards to their athletic abilities, I think one of the key things that we need to pinpoint that is really true is even if they do want to do that, they still need to have this type of information so that they are prepared when, let's say, one of the Florida Gators football players get called by a NFL team and they know how to have that professional communication piece or how to dress accordingly. And it's just something that it doesn't matter if you're trying to become a doctor or if you're trying to become an NFL player, an NBA player, it's just something that's so needed. And one of the things also is when you're talking about, you know, meeting with them one-on-one, it really creates that type of, affect that you take it seriously so they should as well and one of the goals that I am extremely blown away by is your senior goal that you have for your student athletes at UF do you mind delving into that a little bit yes so I keep track of the seniors three semesters out so I have a running list of who's scheduled to graduate fall spring and summer knowing things can change But the semester they are graduating or on track to graduate, they must sit down at least at the beginning of the semester and have a one-on-one meeting with me. And then from there, we develop a plan. And a lot, you know, if they have a plan and everything is right, then we kind of, you know, we enhance what we can enhance to make sure it's right. Or sometimes this is when they're thinking of all their options of what they could do, all the different, you know, avenues they could take. And to me, a career path, it's an adventure, and you never know, kind of where it's going to go, but they have to come in and talk and meet one-on-one and see how we can help them get to the next step because there's always going to be times that you can enhance your brand a little bit more or network with more people and those type of things there will always be more opportunities for and so they have to come in and we have to come up with some sort of plan and sometimes it's meeting multiple times throughout the semester, but we really are coming up with a plan for them when they leave, and that includes they will have a resume. They will create a LinkedIn. Um, we do networking maps so they know who's in their network and how they're sharing what their future aspirations are to kind of build that network. And 
really empowering them to know how to search for jobs, how to find jobs. Because the goal is then that we've given them the tools to go a year, two years, six months from now, and they know how to search jobs on their own, or they know how to network. They're doing the basic things they need to know how to do, and we've empowered them in that sense that they feel comfortable and ready for whatever that next step is. And some of that is those one-on-one conversations and getting them to where we need to be so they are a prepared professional when they leave. So that has been kind of the, the senior goal, um, working with the you know seniors every semester, and a lot of them will come in prior to that. But when they leave here, they will leave with a plan of some sort um, for their next step. And that plan is really developed, as you stated earlier in our conversation, starting freshman year. So this is mainly just an upgrade, correct? Yeah, it's just their resume they've probably had for multiple years, and maybe they did something that last semester that they need to make sure is right. Um, Tailoring the resume maybe for the industry that they're specifically looking to go into, whether that's changing headlines or something like that. Uh, LinkedIn, a lot of it is the networking of, okay, who do we now know? How can we post something to LinkedIn telling them we're looking for a job in this industry if they know they're moving somewhere? Um, relocating to a different city than how we can network with places in that city or with people there. So a lot of it is more updating and then thinking about, you know, financials go in it as well. Um, financially, how are they paying for some things and that component of that transition out. But it is a little polish um, meeting a little bit because they've, they've had a lot of this prior to that meeting. And that's something that's so key for people within this industry is to start the freshman year on so that once the senior year does hit, you can have those one-on-one meetings that are just, you know, so important to leverage the student-athletes' own skills. And the skills that they learned have been developed through the programming that you've been able to build. So how have you gone about, you know, building – programming that really resonates with the student-athletes when it's so crucial to meet them where they are at and not everyone is going to be at the same exact place. Yes, I think that is the key that it's not a one-stop shop. There's not one workshop I think that you can do to get everybody on board or enhance everybody in the same direction, but It is meeting on where they are, and sometimes as a freshman, it's just having conversations of where do you see yourself, what are you interested in. But looking at building a program, I started about, like, what do the student-athletes need the most? And when I came into this role, it was resumes. And working with those juniors and seniors that were going out and applying for jobs to just really need a really good resume. And from that, you get to have those conversations, okay, now what do you want to do next? What jobs are you looking for? And it's creating that conversation. And once you have the resume, you can do a LinkedIn account and send emails and attach that resume. So finding whatever the student-athlete needs the most and maybe the large scale providing that resource form. And it got to the point where the student-athletes knew who to go to for a resume. And then from there, I could continue the conversation. And they knew some of it had to be branding internally just because this was a new role and seeing, okay, if I have a career question, this is who I can go to, or we do provide these resources. So a lot of it was branding to build the programming, 
so they knew the resources were available to them. And then once we could get them in for the resumes and have those conversations, they started to see other things that we could assist them with. But I think really is going after what the student athlete needs the most. And if that is they're leaving here and they don't have a resume that's ready for them to get a job, then starting there. And then once you're building that trust and you're having those small conversations and following up with them, they'll continue to kind of have that trust and you can get them to attend other events and um, engage in other programming that you're doing. But starting small with what they really need and then continue to share what resources you provide because somebody might say, I'm going to grad school, I don't need a job, but a resume might still be um, required for a grad school application or um, job searching is so far off, but they don't. They need to know that we provide that opportunity as well as that resource. So a lot of it, I think, was internal branding of telling the student athlete the resources are there and they're going to see it enough that when they really need it, they're going to know who to go to or where to go for those um, questions or that assistance. And this branding is really remarkable to look at because the creative mind that you have when it comes to developing programming that really makes it fun and engaging is unbelievable, to be completely honest. I mean, that's the activities that go into it so that they get something that's needed out of it as well as having fun at the same exact time. And it's just something that's so key. And then when you're meeting with them and meeting them where, where they're at, building the, the resume, and then also just, you know, managing your your uh, daily tasks, what are some of the manageable steps that individuals that have not been in the industry as long as you have been in or they don't necessarily have the opportunity to just work on career development um, as much as they would like to, what are some of the steps that people could take in order to just build more of an impactful environment when it comes to transitioning into their careers for student-athletes? Yeah, I think three main things I think about is including their future in conversations. Um, so whether you're an advisor helping them decide a major or talking about courses or anything, just continue to make the conversation easy and fun with, you know, what are you thinking about doing afterwards, you know, or what do family members do in your, um, as an occupation? And try and just see how to engage in small talk. That com the career conversation is normal and easy to have instead of, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up or, you know, okay, you graduate in the semester, now what? Like trying to engage that conversation, everybody that the student athlete works with. And that includes learning specialists, advisors, student-athlete development staff, strength and conditioning, coaches. As much as you can, having everybody kind of make that a point to talk to a student-athlete about, and then they won't. In my experience, you know, it's more comfortable for them when a lot of people are talking about it in some small talk. And then, that you know, that's the easy, free kind of thing to do. Um, and I think also is utilize and collaborate with people that you can. So if that's campus partners, if that's former student athletes, that's employers in the area, you know, see what they can come in and teach for workshops. So maybe the planning is just 
reserving a room, maybe it's providing food for them or figuring out a way to do that if needed, and marketing a little bit to the staff of telling the student-athletes to come. But if you can then, you can get resources on campus to come and speak to your student-athletes, if you can engage former student-athletes or employers, then the planning of some of these activities and resources um, doesn't have to take up much time or money financially, but we'll still get the impact to the student-athletes. And then if you as a staff member are there, they're going to see that you helped with this, and then you can be a starting point for conversations afterwards or after the event. Um, and then the other thing for me is holding the student-athletes accountable. So I'm big on kind of giving them a worksheet or giving them homework so that they are doing some brainstorming and thinking about things before they're coming to meet with me so we can maximize um, – what we're doing in the meeting. Obviously, they are very busy, and so what we can accomplish in maybe 15 to 20 minutes in the office instead of a full hour will help them with their time schedule, but also as a professional, it helps you um, not spend but so much time in a meeting. If they can come overly prepared or they come in once, you kind of give them things to do. They'll do a homework assignment or something for you, whether that they're traveling, they can do it on the road or do it at home one night, come back in, bring it, and then it gives you something to start the conversation with instead of some of those brainstorming um, tactics at the beginning of a meeting. So two of the points that I that I want to kind of delve, delve into more is the future piece. Some, some of these student-athletes, you know, they're first-generation college students. They sometimes come from inner-city homes. And when it comes to the future, they don't really understand what a future could entail because of the upbringing that they've had. So how do you have those types of conversations with student-athletes when it comes to those situations? Yeah, I think, you know, exposure and experience, I think, for any student um, is going to help develop what they want to do when they grow up or what their future career is post-college. Um, but I think you have to just start from what interests you. If you see, if I start and try to say, like, you know, what are you majoring? What do you want to do afterwards? What are some of your interests? Sometimes I have to go back to what are your interests or what type of job do you want to have? Do you want to work in a behind the desk? Do you want to travel all the time? Do you want to communicate with people? And start thinking some traits up and then – continue to have that conversation of seeing what they want in a job. Sometimes they have no idea the jobs that are even out there. But I think that's where you you pick and choose little traits um, and start those conversations and realize what they like and what they want out of a job. And then it can be maybe later you're finding some jobs or you're showing them how to search some jobs or asking them what you know, sometimes it's even, do you want to work in the medical field? No. Okay, well, then we kind of deleted that. So sometimes I will throw options out there to see what their interest is um, and then go from there. But if it starts to narrow down with they might be interested in the medical field, then we get them to go volunteer at the hospital and then see how they feel when they come back. Or um, if they want to be a firefighter, they will go shadow at the fire department for a 12-hour shift and then come back and see how they liked it. But Sometimes it's not until they have experience or exposure, whether that's informational interviews, job shadowing, um, corporate visits, until they're really in that environment to see if they like something or not. So 
sometimes you do have to start with like what do you like what are your interests what would you be happy doing every day um that type of stuff um and then some you have to know questions to kind of tailor it down and build from there but some students will come in and they'll know exactly what they want to do and some students will have no clue some people will know what they want to do and it changes so um, it's just constantly having those conversations and seeing how you can assist them to figure out maybe this is something they like or they don't like. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, that's something that, you know, is very needed just to get exposed to different opportunities and really just delve into what people like and what they don't like because when it when you look at it, it's not always going to be – you know, great. So you have to be able to have the exposure, which is something that you guys do very well at the at the University of Florida. The other piece that I kind of wanted to delve into when it comes to the steps is your second step was involve the Career Development Center and campus resources. When it comes to that piece, how impactful has that been for you personally? And also, what would you recommend if the campus resources and career development center don't necessarily know how to work with student athletes because they don't fully understand what a student athlete is? Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity for it to be very impactful. And sometimes, you know, it's finding the right staff member um, or the right programming. But I think when we've talked about, some staff don't have one career development person, even with someone dedicated to career development. Working with student athletes, depending on how many you have, I mean, most of them have a different career path. There's very few that, you know, every person's majoring in one thing and they all want to do this afterwards. And so it can make it challenging or difficult to find the time to network with so many employers that fit every person's career path and to stay current on some of those things. So it's beneficial for me that I can go to the career center and talk to a liaison that works in telecommunications or in that college, and they have access to a huge amount of, of employers coming um, to do programming or to meet with students. And so we will send our student athletes over there. They, a lot of our different colleges will host career fairs just for that major or employers that are coming to town that I may not have the connection with, but the Career Center does. They will send me all that information, and I will get the student-athletes over there or pass it along to them. Because, again, when you're talking about how to plan all this programming and still work with the student-athletes, it's a hard balance to have sometimes. And utilizing them for their employer contacts and some of the programming that they're doing will free up time for maybe the professional or advisor or whoever it is to work on their their job as well as working with the student athletes through their professionalism a little bit as well. So I, I utilize them a lot for when employers are coming to campus, sharing all the programming that they do. They host career fairs as well to get our student athletes there. And that's been beneficial for me. It's also beneficial for the student athletes to go. And then now they're in a setting that the student athlete is standing out to the employers because they are not, you know, it's not all just student-athletes in the room. There are um, the regular student body and then student-athletes there, and they can interact more and get more opportunities of employers coming to campus than what I could provide on a daily basis. Um, 
And then I really think it's collaborating, sitting down and meeting with some of the staff over there. And we've worked hard with a couple of them this summer that have come and presented to our summer internship program and developed programming in that capacity and had great relationships with a lot of the staff over there throughout the years. Educating them to a certain extent, but a lot of it still is there are still students on campus that don't have jobs and don't have time for some of the other stuff. And so our student athletes can go over there still and say, I don't have a part-time job or a full-time internship. I'm a student athlete. And they're able to coach them through those transferable skills. And I think that's a huge conversation I have with the student athletes here, but their staff is at the University of Florida at least. Um, and I think growing in other career services are understanding what the employers want of the transferable skills and how to relate that, but it's also coaching the students up a little bit more to realize that I have these transferable skills and this is what I do every day and sharing what they do every day to the professional at the career center and then they can help kind of put those into words on a resume or assist with that stuff as well. But it's definitely a collaboration. Yeah, so collaboration is is key and having the time to train them so that they can make a better impact as well as just hear different voices instead of just one constant voice is so key when it comes down to breaking um, through to the student athlete body. And some of the final questions that I have is when it comes to, you know, building programming at UF and making a impact, what are some of the things that inspire you? I think professionally I get huge inspiration from the former student athletes. Um, them staying in contact, them coming back and saying, hey, I got a job or I want to now hire student athletes or I'll come back and share my story. A lot of times career development is a delayed um, success to some extent. I think there's always success throughout the years they're here, but there can be that delay once they leave. And seeing that, you know, the light bulb moment of, man, thank you so much for what you did here, like this is paid off later, continues um, to impact me with the program I'm doing currently, knowing that these opportunities and these resources I'm providing the current student-athletes, they will see um, later on, whether they see it now when they're very busy and they're student-athlete, um, not, it's not always the case, but knowing that there is that impact and that they're remembering it and they're understanding it and they know I'm empowering them enough to know how to search for jobs and how to do some things that I think that just keeps me going for majority of it is that the inspiration from the former student athletes and staying in contact with them and seeing their success has been very impactful for me, but also just, you know, rewarding at the same time. That's kind of like why I do what I do is seeing that success. And I think also the colleagues in the field, I'm surrounded by amazing people and seeing their creativity and their programming they're doing. And again, I, I said earlier the publicity that career development and preparing student athletes for life after college, whether that's financially and personally and anything is exciting to see the coverage that it's getting and, keeps me going of seeing, okay, you know, this is something or this this institution did this, you know, how can we collaborate? What can we do here for our students? And I think that keeps me going most of the time as well as to stay current, to stay creative and make a difference in the student athletes that are here now and then seeing that it is happening 
later in life as well. And make and making a difference is something that you do very well. I know personally when it comes down to tracking and monitoring, you know, the employment rate of student athletes after a certain time frame. That's something that a lot of the schools within the SEC school uh, within the SEC conference do very well, and it, especially for US. Um, <clears throat> And that is, you know, one of the main things also when it when you're talking about the delay, it's are we really getting them in, into what they want to get into and making sure that that happens. And just nationally, you are very well known. I mean, this past summer, you recently gave a great presentation at the national convention along with Jackson Martin from Pitt on the 10 best practices for career, for career development. For those of us within the industry that weren't able to attend, can you tell us what made you want to give that presentation? Yeah, so I, I mean, Jackson, I, Jackson, huge shout out to him as well. Um, we have a huge passion for preparing student athletes for life afterwards and that long-term effect. And knowing that we've, we've gone to all the N4A conferences and seeing each other and it's, been great to kind of recap at these events and we always kind of talked about it and finally we were like you know what can we do to give back to this industry that has helped us a lot as well and I think career development is one of those areas that is still growing but so many people affect the student athlete's career development whether they realize it or not and we kind of sat down and said how can we provide or propose a session that every person in the industry can take something back to their student athletes to benefit them. Because whether you're a learning specialist, a director, an academic advisor, student athlete development, or specifically career at any level, you're having a conversation with the students about their life afterwards. And maybe if you even aren't having that conversation now, you mostly have the trust of your student athletes. And I think that's what we wanted to capitalize on is that the student athlete is going to come to you at some point to have a conversation about how this matches up with what they want to do afterwards or what are they going to do afterwards or how they can build their career while they're here and wanting to give something to the membership for them to be able to go back and take it back to their institutions was really why we wanted to do it and something very tangible, low resource um, and very impactful that they could take back. So that was our main purpose and reasoning and we are very honored and blessed to get chosen to present but I think you know it's not always just the career person's job or responsibility to have some of these conversations but it's the people that student athletes are trusting and how they can impact their student athletes um, and help them prepare on the career side. And the presentation itself just being able to attend it and seeing the faces of others it was very impactful, no matter if you're at a mid-major or the Power Five. You guys did a phenomenal job and major props to both you and Jackson. But when it comes down to it, since there were 10, could you just let us know which one you would mostly re- recommend to bring back to, uh, a, to bring back to a university and why? Yeah, so I I would go with the future um, conversation or having a future 
worksheet. So for this one, it was having a student athlete write, like, future fireman, future FBI agent, future doctor on a piece of paper. And we in the office, we take a picture of that, and I post it on the wall for conversation starters, as well as, you know, I think that starts the conversation. But the key for that also is having the student reflect on what they want to do, what strengths they have for that role, who they know in that field, and why they think they would be good in that field. And then also the worksheet gives them, like, what's one goal that you're going to do within the next month or semester towards this goal. And so I think it breaks it up nicely for them, but it also gives them that time to self-reflect. And I think they are – student-athletes are very busy with their time and they're in every direction, but even as professionals with me as well, like, I have to sit down and think about where do I want to go, what's my next goal, self-reflect a lot, and to give them that time to say, okay, just think for right now, just think about your future, where you're at, what you're good at, who you know, um, and write that down, and then also take that picture and we'll post it around, and that starts the conversation. So for me, I see that as a good foundation, and then from there, now they're networking some because people are seeing the picture and saying, oh, they want to be a fireman. My dad's, you know, a chief in this city. Let's connect them. And you can start the networking piece. Or now you know how to tailor a resume to one thing. Or building the LinkedIn, helping with elevator speeches or them sharing their interests with people to maximize any opportunities they have interacting with people um, that could network and help build connections for their future. So if I had to choose one, Obviously, I'm biased, and I like all 10 of them, but I would say that is a good foundation and a starting point to start the conversation, and then really as a professional, when you're starting it, see what little bit you could help them with, and then that continues to build that trust and relationship with you and the student-athlete, and then that can kind of continue. So that would be the one I would I would say, and it's cheap, easy, and free to implement, but I think that is a good foundation to start with and to start the conversation. And I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it really develops motivation both intrinsically and extrinsically so that others start thinking about it as well. And then just the alignment of the person's true true calling within their life and just going after it and making sure that they are taking the right steps to pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, one of the main drawbacks from this conversation is, the impact that you've been able to have since beginning your career at the University of Florida and also within the industry just as a whole. Um, But when it comes down to it, what is the impact that you wish to leave in this industry? I think for me, I hold myself to a standard that I always say is like, I'm here to help in whatever capacity that is. So I really believe that if you have a passion for career development, you're not going to say no to someone that wants to do better in their career, whether that's a student athlete, a colleague, an intern, a student, whoever it is. Um, And so I pride myself on always here to help anybody. So whether that's a colleague at another school that needs something or a student, you know, a graduate student here, intern, anything like that, I want to be able to say, you know, I'm here to help. And if that's me listening to anything or providing advice, guidance. I may not know all the answers. I don't think I know all the answers by any means, but I can help get them to someone that does or can help them in whatever crisis or um, decision-making they need assistance with or whatever that next step. So 
I hope that I have that impact on all those um, constituents, but I also hope that I'm influencing the people that I'm working with to kind of have that same that same trait or thought process that years later, like, they're continuing to do the same thing. And I think if we're always here to help somebody, I think they, that builds the trust and the legacy and impact that they'll always be there to help other people as well. That if you have someone that's there for you, you'll be there for somebody else. And I think that's kind of what I hold myself to. But hopefully, years later, if I can look back and people say that about me, I will be more than blessed. And, you know, giving back is really one of the keys to success and fulfillment within life just in general. And one of the things that, you know, I I can attest to is you leave an impact and you influence people that are um, new professionals as well as the more seasoned vets within this industry. And that's something that, you know, is great to see. The last questions are more of a rapid fire setting so the first one is if you had to do a TED talk on something that you don't do professionally what would it be well one of my sayings I I like to say is did you make money today and I think just every interaction we have every action choice decision that we're going through in life um, impacts us and our future and the value that we bring to life so for me, I think every day you wake up and you make money or lose money, but I think a lot of it is just being nice to people and daily interactions. And so I I would go back a little bit and say if I had to talk or give a talk, be, you know, a little bit of did you make money today, but also about how just being a nice person and those interactions can impact your personal brand, who you are. And it is a little career development. I don't think people want to hire people that aren't nice, but I think sometimes we need that reminder of how we can be nice to people and um, be there for people and impact. So I think that might, I think everything goes back to career development somehow, but it might be a little stretch. Well, one of the things that's true about that is, you know, being nice does lead to more money because that's how people want to always talk to you. That's how people want to interact with you more. So just be nice. And The next question is, what have been your three life lessons so far? Um, I would say one, it is JMU's slogan for the most part, is be the change you wish to see in the world. And I think I always saw that there, but growing as a professional, I've realized that you need to take initiative a lot. You need to think creative or think outside the box, be creative, and take it upon yourself to make some changes to impact people. And so I would say, you know, don't have fear and take some initiative and, you know, be the change that you want. Um, I would also say know your values and stay true to them. You know, life is going to be crazy. There's always going to be things happening and different decisions that you can do, but make sure you reflect on what your values are. Stay true to yourself and let your values lead you in some of that decision-making through your journey. Um, and then also for me, it's hard work. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it with my friends and colleagues that I am one that values hard work and a work ethic. And I think going the extra mile will never do you wrong. And I think that will pay dividends for you later on in life if you just have that work ethic and continue to work hard. It will pay off. I couldn't agree more with 
all three of those life lessons. Next, how can people connect with you? And specifically, which social media platform do you use the most? Um, I'm huge on LinkedIn, so I would say definitely they can connect on LinkedIn with me. Um, I would also say, like, send a personal message when doing so, because I think that is more impactful. That's just a little bit of career advice there. And then Twitter. I use Twitter to share a lot of the experiences and programming that we're doing here. So my Gator handle is, uh, or Twitter handle is UF, real original. And then our department one is at Gators EXP for the Gators experience. So that's where I post most of the career development stuff that's going on in my personal life as well. And then LinkedIn, definitely places that people can connect with me. Fantastic. And, you know, I, I want to thank you for your impact that you constantly strive to make on a daily basis and just being the professional that really uplifts other professionals, the specific population you serve. Um, one of the final or the final question that I have is what's your definition of virtue? I think it just comes down to being a good person and being a role model. And I don't know that you can really be a role model to others or impact others if you don't have high integrity, um, make good decisions, and do what's right. And so for me, I think it always goes back to even if people aren't watching, you are a good person, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and by that you will be able to influence people because for me, I don't. I don't believe that people follow people that they know are um, either not good people or don't have integrity, ethics, and those type of things. For for me, it just goes back to just be a good person, and you will have an impact. There we have it. Thank you so much, Allison. And listeners, be sure to connect with her because she will be able to make a difference within your own life so that you can have more of an impact with the student-athletes you work with. I look forward to speaking with you soon, Allison. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast on some of the tools needed to build a career development program for your student-athletes, regardless of the capacity of your department. Some of the primary points we covered was to always meet your student-athletes where they are at instead of just building generic programming, have meaningful conversations with your student-athletes in order to assist them discover their future self, and lastly, career development programming is a great way to promote both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation for student-athletes as a whole. Please share this episode with your colleagues within the industry if you found it useful, and I look forward to providing you more valuable insights on the next episode. And remember, always live with virtue.